Hi, I'm Clement Liu. Welcome to the second season of Just Sustainability. In this episode, we return to my conversation with Gabe DeRosier. We left off last time with Gabe telling us about the connection between indigenous languages and lifeways, specifically the connection between Anishinaabe Moan and Anishinaabe culture. We return to this conversation with Gabe offering me some thoughts about what higher education should be focusing on in regards to language and cultural reclamation. I suspect that his answer will challenge a lot of folks in higher ed to rethink our work and our assumptions about how we work with and support students. I think for me, one of the things that should be really concentrated on yeah. is is working with families. Okay. Working with uh, uh, families in the home communities because that's where everything starts. Okay. That's where the students are coming from. Yeah. That's where uh, language should be strong is at home. Mm. So if we can uh, find ways to... Um, uh, strengthen our connections with families. Right. I think w- would be very beneficial in terms of, of, of language itself. In terms of, of, of teaching, um, for example, the seven, uh, grandfather teachings. Mm. You know, um, in our communities now, even the adults don't know mm. any history. They don't know, uh, where they come from. They, they've lost uh, their sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. They've lost uh, uh, everything. And so with that, you know, if you've lost everything, you don't know the teachings that you're supposed to know. Right. You know, as Anishinaabe people, we believe in the four cycles of, of life. Being a baby, being a young uh, child, mm-hmm. uh, being a young adult to... Uh, being an elder right and so um and all that those levels of life we should have been able to achieve everything in that cycle okay there's a certain time to learn this and do this and do that right you know at every stage of life it's important and and if we don't have that if we don't don't even if we don't know about it or don't even have that we live. We are living an unbalanced life. Right. You know, back in history, our people were were strong in, in that cycle. Mm. You know, they were strong mentally, physically, emotionally. You know, spirit spiritually. Yeah. They were strong in all that, all those areas. That's how they survived. Mm. That's how they survived mm. through the centuries. You know, since time immemorial, mm-hmm. was through that through that balance and through that spirituality. That's how they survive. Yeah. That's how they survive that cycle of life. It's interesting that you say those things because yeah. I think it's a very different way than, I mean, at least in higher education, mm-hmm. folks think about things, right? So in higher ed, it seems that folks tend to think really in terms of individuals, individual mm-hmm. students, mm-hmm. rather than thinking about, you know, the broader communities, the, the people that are connected to the students, mm-hmm. right? So I talked to other folks working in higher ed. Yeah. People always complain about when they have to talk with parents. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't mind talking to students, but I really yeah. hate it when a parent calls me. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there really is that aversion to 
working with students as being people embedded within a community, embedded mm-hmm. within a family, mm-hmm. embedded within social networks, yeah. and not thinking about how those social networks were important to the yeah. students. And yeah. I do think that's really a good thing to notice yeah. and to respond to. Yeah. And particularly yeah. if we're trying to be, you know, culturally relevant and culturally appropriate for our full range of students, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think for many of our students, that family, that extended family, that broader community is really deeply important to who they are, what they do, and how well they do. Yes, absolutely. And I I noticed that here throughout the years, yeah. uh, a lot of the students um, come here um, not knowing, um, not uh, understanding their identity, mm-hmm. you know, their struggles there of identification, you know. Um, a lot of our students here are... are have a, a background to um, to um, native groups, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not full blood or anything like that, but yeah, yeah. they have, you know, they identify, and and a lot of them struggle with that identity. Like, where do I belong in 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 this circle of life? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of them are struggling to to find that that sense of belonging. Uh, that sense of being uh, a part of Anishinaabe life, for mm-hmm. example, or Dakota life. And so um, if we can somehow um, help them mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, make a, a successful path for them somehow, mm-hmm. you know, they become, they become uh, more positive and, you know, and success is, is, is going to be there for them mm-hmm. once they, you know, achieve that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other part that I think, right, you're noticing that uh, tends to not be noticed by folks working, at least in higher education, yeah, yeah. which is that kind of people as whole people, right? Like, instead of focusing on, say, just a, a set number of skills or, like, knowledge or content, uh, thinking about, right, all those things about people, mm-hmm. thinking about, like, how they encounter the world, their perspectives, mm-hmm. their values – their families, their relationships, their sense of belonging, their sort yeah. of the attitudes. Of, yeah. Um, thinking about those, I think, is deeply important. Particularly, yeah. again, right, if we're trying to serve the full range of students the, the best ways that we can. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, so we have a task sure. to, to, <laughs> to, to help support our students that, you know, who are going through that. Uh-huh. Um. And that's a task in, in itself. You know, we have to find ways to ha- find that success. And like I said, we, we go back to the families, to the homes, mm-hmm. to um, always, um, I think, in from a Anishinaabe perspective or Dakota mm-hmm. or for any other tribe, you mm-hmm. know, is that we always have follow those teachings Follow that respect. Following uh, that spirituality, mm-hmm. and when we when we are making the connections, for example, um, we'll, there are a lot of uh, language revitalization programs, and a lot of times I find that um, they really don't include spirituality in that process. Right. Yeah, and I think uh, that's a mistake. Okay. I think spirituality should be included right from the start. 
because it's a part of it. Right, right. Language is a part of that. Of, of, of language and spirituality go hand in hand. Right. And so, um, it's important to include that, to include uh, those teachings, to include in the overall understanding of who we are as indigenous people mm-hmm. is to always have that. Right. And, and, and mind you, you know, that's, this is where the miscon- misconception always comes in. Or you're trying to teach us religion or, you know, mm-hmm. your religion or your beliefs. And that's, that's a misconception because language is a part of that. Right. You have to, ha- you have to have that understanding. Right. It's, it's teaching the, the, the entire life way. Right? Yes. Like, Language yeah. in isolation of the life way mm-hmm. isn't enough. It, yeah. Or at least, or, I mean, it also seems to me that right, when you're thinking about language, language is informed by the perspectives of the life way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, for example, you can't understand a language without understanding the way the speakers of that language think about the world, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, I think that's a, I think anyone who's a translator or you know, speaks multiple languages, like, uh, as first languages, yeah. recognizes there are things that you can say in one language that you can't say in the other because there are ways of thinking yeah. behind yeah. A, a given language that doesn't exist for another yes. language because right, languages are born within cultures and cultures are different and cultures uh, have perspectives that, that view the relationship between people mm-hmm. and the world differently. And so sometimes there isn't, there isn't that cross connection. Yeah. Right. So like speaking from my experience of being like a sort of a first speaker of two different languages. Mm-hmm. Right. So like in the, the, the dialect of Chinese, I know, um, pronouns aren't gendered. Okay. Right. So like for yeah. someone who's the first speaker of that language, trying to learn, say a European language yeah. where pronouns are super gendered. Yeah. Right. Like they would have a very hard time conceiving of that initially yeah, yeah, right yeah it, they would yeah. use it in the wrong way it's just like like say when i first learned french yeah I, right like i couldn't figure out when to use you know uh the masculine like uh articles oh, yeah. or the yeah. feminine articles yeah because like wait why is a car feminine why is a chair feminine? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and it, yeah. it, right while it, it makes perfect sense to yeah. a person who's the first speaker of french for example yeah and, I, and, I, and that goes along with anishinaabe also yeah you know there are certain things are that are considered uh, animate, yeah, yeah, and inanimate, yeah, and sometimes it depends on the dialectal area you're in, so it it can become uh, confusing, yeah, in, in that sense, yeah, yeah. But understanding the life way, understanding how, uh, right, different dialectical speakers mm-hmm. would have uh, encountered and related to the world. Yeah, uh, historically would help understand that. Right? Yes, yeah. you, you can't understand that without understanding. Yes, the way people thought about the world. Yeah, yeah, and that makes uh, perfect sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and in in learning a language provides that insight, mm-hmm. looking through that specific lens mm-hmm. as a, an Anishinaabe person is different. You know, than from looking at a European uh, uh, sense of, of that life, you know, yeah. and how they look at things differently. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it, right, it goes back to even the introduction, right? mm-hmm. thinking about identity. Yeah. That, that is such a fundamental thing. And 
you know, as someone who's not thinking about it very clearly, might think like we all, like, you know, we encounter ourselves all yeah. the same way. Yeah. But that's clearly not true. Yeah. yeah. Right. So you're looking at the Anishinaabe way of like thinking of self versus say, yeah. you know, yeah. Anglo-American way of thinking yes. of self. Uh, yes. Or at least conveying it is yeah. different. Yeah. At this point, our conversation changes course a bit. Me thinking aloud about differences between how Anishinaabe and Western worldviews conceive of and communicate self, like gave to consider how loss of language and adoption of English as the first language for many Anishinaabe has led to shifts in worldviews. More specifically, is changed the way folks relate to one another in the world, and Gabe talks about how such changes affects how he approaches his work aimed at revitalizing indigenous life ways. Here's that discussion. In time, everything has become divergent. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the way we look at things as Anishinaabe, you know, mm-hmm. we've always looked at things um, uh, inclusively, mm-hmm. whereas the Anglo uh, is exclusive. Right, everything is categorized. Yeah. Like, yeah, everything is categorized. And I, that's very interesting. Yeah. And, and that really has, um, affected the way Anishinaabe people behave. Okay. Say more about that. You know, um, uh, now, um, for example, we've, we've become very, uh, um, how would it, materialistic. Sure. You know, a lot of, especially up, up home, uh, material is important now, whereas mm-hmm. it, it, it wasn't in hi- historical times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, we provided for one another. Uh, let's say, um, when, when the men went out hunting and mm-hmm. brought back the game, the meat, mm-hmm. it went to everyone in the community. Mm-hmm. Now it's just, oh, this is mine. I'm going to keep it in my freezer. You right. Know? Yeah. Right. Like and, that. And right. And the conceive, the conception of mine, Versus ours, yeah, is born from, right. It's to some degree is probably born from yeah. different ways of conceiving of self and other. Yeah. Right? So if yeah. I am, yeah, uh, Clement versus I am, you know, yeah, Clement yeah. who's a, a member of this clan, who's mm-hmm. a member of this tribe. Yeah, that's going to be yeah. a very different way of thinking about what responsibilities, yeah. what sorts of relationships yeah. that the individual has with yes. the, the yeah. folks around them. Yeah. And those are some of the things that have changed, you know, mm-hmm. in, in terms of, uh, of, of modern day, uh, practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, the Anishinaabe people have lost uh, a lot of things, uh, a lot of the, um, teachings of being Anishinaabe. Mm-hmm. What is that? What is being Anishinaabe look like today? And I think it's a lot, a lot of it has changed mm-hmm. in terms of, of, of contact and, um, uh, impacts and all that through, throughout history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you navigate that? Um, when you're thinking about teaching culture, teaching, you know, spirituality, teaching language, mm-hmm. teaching song, dance, tradition, right? When people no longer live in like a world in a community where those things are at the, the core of mm-hmm. their experience. Yeah. Um, right. So there's no, I, I think at this point, it's impossible for anybody to live in the way that, you know, Anishinaabe yeah. folks used yeah. to, right? So yeah. that, so in some sense, you, it, unless something really changes politically, yeah. you can't actually 
you can't actually really have people being the ways that, you know, they historically would be, or yeah. being even the ways that, like, without the interference of, like, yeah. you know, Europeans yeah. coming to yeah. North America, uh, right, where the folks would have developed. Mm-hmm. And so how do you navigate that space where uh, still being a colonized people, but trying to... Trying to decolonize? Trying to decolonize <laughs> as much as you can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, that's a difficult task mm-hmm. because, you know, like you said, there's no going back. No. We're not going to go back to wigwams and, you know, teepees and such. Yeah. And so we, we move forward. Um, included in, in the prophecies of the Anishinaabe, you know, we are considered living in the seventh prophecy. Okay. Uh, there, there, there was uh, things that were... Uh, Prophesized or predicted what will happen mm-hmm. in in these in these uh, seven prophecies, and so um, and every one of them includes what the Anishinaabe would go through, okay, in their life uh, as they walk on Mother Earth. This mm-hmm. is what you're going to encounter here. This is what you're going to encounter here. Blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and so um. How do you, you know, how do you, how do you navigate um, the old ways for, to the new? Mm-hmm. And I, I think one of them is to just reclaim, um, to, um, to, um, I think a lot of it is spirituality. Okay. Yet, uh, we, we get a lot of our directions yet through our, our, our practitioners, mm-hmm. our, our healers, our, our ceremonies are still intact. Okay. So a, a lot of uh, the things that we are doing now are are directives from the spirit realm. Okay. We're still going to doctoring. We're still going to healing. We're still going to Sundance, Sweat Lodge, mm-hmm. and those types of things. We're still trying to keep those intact. Okay. In this modern time. It's find that core. Yeah. Like the most yeah. important things yeah. for like yeah. being and issue not Yeah. A lot of the um, people don't follow that anymore, though, because mm-hmm. they've been colonized through uh, uh, conversion and, and and Christianity and all that, you mm-hmm. know. So a lot of our a lot of the people now are strong Christians mm-hmm. or are involved in different denominations now, mm-hmm. and so they really don't follow the traditional ceremonial life way of of, of the people. That, that, you know, were once, uh, strong and, and, and you know, <laughs> that were strongly followed back in the day, <laughs> back in history. And so, um, how do I feel about that? You know, we have to have respect in, in whatever a person believes in. Mm-hmm. That's one of the teachings. So we can't turn around and say, hey, you can't. Be doing this, Aaron. <laughs> you have to do it the way I think you should. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it is um, a way of life now. Mm. It, it, it is what it is, you know. And, and um, one of the prophecies uh, that has been told, that has been uh, passed on through this, the spiritual circles, mm-hmm. is that... Um, the day will come when, when, when you know, there's a belief system in Anishinaabe life that that Mother Earth is gonna 
is going to die off. Mm-hmm. Things are going to, you know, the water is going to go. There's going to be fires. There's going to be all those things that you see today. You're right. Are, are, were once told yeah. by, by these prophecies. And so they say, you know, you will need to be strong in your Anishinaabe ceremonial life way mm-hmm. to, in order to uh, survive these things that are coming. And geez, I've heard that as, since as I was a kid, you know, and, and they're coming to, to life now and, and, and it's becoming a reality and we see it all around us and, and this, you know, crazy world we live in now. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's hard to keep intact right. uh, what what was once very strong, right? But you know we 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 are still uh, practicing that, and we are still there are still you know factions of 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 indigenous people who are following their spirituality strongly, right? Yeah. So yeah, so it's about defining that core, yeah, protecting that core, and thinking about how that that core relates to the. Right, the, the context of the mm-hmm. world now. Yeah, yeah. We reached the end of another conversation, and I ended in the way that I usually end the conversations for just sustainability. That is, I tend to ask my interlocutor to take the reins and identify something that they want to talk about that I hadn't asked about. Here's where Gabe took that request. I feel like most of the what we've talked about are things that I've sort of brought up. What are some of the things that you think people should be thinking about? Right. So, um, I have this view that. If I lead the conversation, we're just going to go where I, where I mm-hmm. expected to go. Yeah. And the interesting part is when I'm surprised, right? When I don't know where it's going to go. And mm-hmm. so I, I often want to end like my interviews with by saying, just what do you want to talk about that? Like I might not have thought to talk about. That's a good question. Um, I think, um, one of the things that's important. Today that we have a tendency to forget about is we have to just live. Okay. You know, um, (laughs) (laughs) say more about that. (laughs) The the reason why I say that is because as human beings, you know, we have a tendency to, to, to follow what's going on in the news. Right. You know, liberals and Republicans and and so forth, you know, conservatives. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to uh, just lay back uh-huh. and just accept things the way they are, uh-huh. and and to have respect for everyone, no matter what. Uh-huh. And and the main thing about the whole thing is that you do your best as an individual, okay, in trying to be a good person, right? To be a good relative, right? No matter who it is, and I think we we've forgotten all about that yeah. that that human nature of of of, of respecting and loving, you yeah. know. That actually leads me to a random thing that I could ask you about that I've always wondered about and never quite fully understood and never had the opportunity to ask anyone about. So one thing I've noticed with a lot of Anishinaabe folks and Dakota folks is um, when they're thinking about our relationship with one another and with the world, the way they tend to think about it or the way they talk about it often when it's, when they translate to English is they say something about like in a good way. I've Mm -hmm. heard you say this, right? Like talking about doing stuff, do it in a good way. Yeah. 
and I think you're meaning something per- really particular, something that's informed by mm-hmm. a, a, like a Anishinaabe sort of perspective of the world. Yeah. And I'm, I've never been able to quite figure out exactly what that means. But you, I think you're meaning something more than like, right, in the way that, say, uh, a first, like an English speaker, a first, like, right, who speaks English as a first language yeah. would mean when, say, in a good way. You're mm-hmm. meaning something deeper. You're, you're informed by some, mm-hmm. right, yeah. some, some yeah. teachings that are Anishinaabe. Absolutely. And the reason why um, a lot of people say that to live in a good way, yeah, that deeper meaning to me means um, to have a better relationship right. with 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 Mother Earth, yeah, because that's um, one of the big teachings of being Anishinaabe is always having to have that respect of, of Mother Earth. Uh, to always include her in, in your prayers and what you do. Mm-hmm. Because we're, we come from a reciprocal society, mm-hmm. Anishinaabe. We always take, but we always have to give back. Right. Uh, for example, if you get healed in the Anishinaabe Lodge, mm-hmm. you in turn have to give back by having a giveaway and a feast. Right, right. Giving that thanks. Right. Having that reciprocity. And so, when we say live a good life, it's not only just that that sentence or words. Mm-hmm. It's a whole deep meaning of 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 uh, for you to to practice that good life. Mm-hmm. To have respect for for your relatives, mm-hmm. your friends, your family, yourself. Right. To live a good life in 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 when you walk, Mother. You know, it, it's a deeper meaning right, right. When, when you say that. Right, right. Yeah. We, we say in our language, Meno bematazin. Yeah. Meno is good, bematazin is life. Live a good life. And embedded is are all the, these things that are understood yeah. in being Anishinaabe. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so it, it's really a shorthand for a very, sort of like a, like a really big ethical system. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, and it sounds like there's some yeah. element, like like some of the key elements that you talked about are reciprocity of mindfulness, yeah. sort of mindfulness yeah. of recognizing how you're related to things, who you are, uh, what you what uh, like what every what everything around you and everyone around you how they make it possible to be what you are. Like, yeah, yeah it does seem like it's a really rich, deep, yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, set of values that's captured yeah. in like a, a like a discrete phrase that has so much yeah. behind it. That's why the Dakota people say "mitahiasi" to all my relatives. Right. And when they say that word, it not only means to all my relatives. Right. Not the, the Western way live, of thinking of yeah. It's live that good life. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. right. And it's recognizing the the act. Right. Like if you're thinking about right. Evolutionary theory. Yeah. We are related to everything. We all Absolutely. have a common ancestor. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Not, yeah. Not just people, but right, every living thing. Yeah, like everything. you and the grass have everything. a common ancestor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That concludes my conversation with Gabe DeRosier. During that conversation, Gabe offered us insights about language and cultural reclamation, as well as the Anishinaabe worldview, and how being informed by it might affect how we approach our work related to equity sustainability, and addressing our history of colonization. Join me again on the next episode of Just Sustainability, 
where we'll continue exploring conversations about equity and sustainability. Thank you for listening to Just Sustainability. If you've enjoyed what you heard, please support this podcast by subscribing and leaving a review. Just Sustainability is recorded with the support of the Institute in the Environment at the University of Minnesota. In particular, I want to thank Peter Levin and Beth Mercer-Taylor for all their help with this show. All the music on Just Sustainability is composed and recorded by Clifton Nesseth, and all the artwork was created by Kristen Nesseth. Thank you again for listening. Thank mm-hmm. you.